Welcome to Slants and Rants, the home of hot takes, arguments, and the right opinion about your favorite team. Now, here are your hosts, CTD and Vega. What a night we have going on right now. The first round of the NFL draft is coming to an end. And to say it's been wild might be a little bit of an understatement. As always, CTD here with my tag team partner, Mr. Patrick Vega. Before we get into it, Patrick, I know you probably got a smile on your face. How you doing tonight? Not today. Tonight, Christopher, I am doing uh, very well. Um, the Broncos took a player that we were linked to for for a while, uh, Patrick Sertan. Before, I mean, granted, we did sign uh, Fuller, we signed Darby, Callahan's back. So people kind of forgot that we might still go corner. But you have to look at it this way. Broncos only have Bryce Callahan on his final year and Kyle Fuller's on a, on a, only on a one-year deal. Granted, I know people, we traded, we traded for Teddy Bridgewater. I know Justin Field was still there. But with all the news now of Aaron Rodgers and possibly wanting out and the Broncos being linked to him. I think the Broncos might have something up their sleeve to try and get an Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so right now I'm happy, man. I, I think no fly zone 2.0 possibly question mark. There's a lot to get into with this draft. Obviously the quarterbacks, how they ended up playing out the top five picks, the first three quarterbacks, the trades that happened, but before we get into the draft and the big news and both of our teams making very relevant picks, because both of our teams are normally pretty relevant when it comes to interesting things in the league, the news broke that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay before the draft even started, and you started to touch on it, so we have to talk about that first. It's obviously a dream scenario for almost every team. I want to say that the rumor was Broncos, Raiders, and I think there was a third team. 49ers. The 49ers, that's correct. Those are the three teams that he said he wanted to go to. Obviously, he's probably not going to the 49ers now because they made that third pick and took Trey Lance. The Raiders, they could they could part ways with Derek Carr at any point. And the Broncos, George Payton does not have a, a strong tie to Drew Locke. So those two are still very possible, but when it all said and done, do you think Rodgers really does get traded? Do you think he sits out? Or do you think he just shows up on day one, collects his check, and just says that he's unhappy? I think it's probably more that he shows up and just plays unhappy. Obviously, as a Bronco fan, uh, I am hoping he gets traded and dealt it to us, obviously, because my happy with the Broncos quarterback situation going into the season? Not really, obviously. Uh but clearly he's unhappy. The rumors have been there, but now it's official that he wants out. The GM, Matt LaFleur, the, the owner, they've all flown out to go see him, and he's not having it. So you could have had Justin Fields if you are the Broncos, and you you pass that up because possibly Aaron Rodgers is in the weeds. So, again, obviously the Raiders will upgrade in two seconds over Derek Carver and Rodgers. There's probably only like three or four teams that wouldn't upgrade for Aaron Rodgers. So I think he goes back and plays in Green Bay. But in the NFL, you never know. We could wake up tomorrow when he's gone for three or four first-round picks. So bring him to Denver, baby. Get his ass over here. I would love for him to go to Denver just because the thought of him and Patrick Mahomes having to play each other twice a year for a few years that just screams money, screams primetime football. If this was the NBA, Aaron Rodgers would have been traded five minutes ago because the power that the players have in the NBA, it's a guy wants out, he gets his wish. Teams, that is such a player's league. In the NFL, man, it is hard to be unhappy and get your way. A lot of times they tell you, suck it up. Look at, I know he's got a lot of legal stuff going on, but before the legal stuff came up with Deshaun Watson, we're talking months of him publicly stating his unhappiness and nothing was coming to fruition. Obviously, the legal stuff threw a big wrench into it all. Now, in my opinion, 
this is Roger's last ditch effort. He obviously behind the scenes has talked about his unhappiness, even publicly. He's kind of said it, but this is the first like real grasp of Rogers wants out. So this is my opinion. This is like his, like, this is my last chance. Like if they're not going to trade me now, then this trade's never fucking coming. So I, I got to try it now. I think the seal was the, the kick in the field goal this past year in the NFC champ, the NFC divisional game or championship game, championship game, NFC, the NFC championship game. When they kicked the field goal, instead of just going for it, when it literally just cut the lead down to a one point one possession game anyway, which made no sense. I think that might've been the final straw, but like you said, that's a great point. The NBA players have the most power. James Harden wanted out. James Harden got out. NFL, it's a little bit harder and teams don't want to give into it because again, you lose a starting a franchise quarterback. It's going to set you back. They drafted Jordan Love last year. Clearly, Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy about that. Instead of getting him one of the stud wide receivers that were in that draft, there were plenty of them they could have tra- uh, drafted. Um, but, hey, I ain't mad. If it comes to Denver, I'll be happy. It goes to Oakland, I'll be pissed. So, again, Las Vegas. Vegas, Oakland, who gives a shit? <laughs> I've had a few in me today. I don't care about the Raiders. <laughs> and who, who, yo, how, how about the Raiders today? Drafting an old lineman that probably would have been there in the third round. I love oh. it. I love it. <laughs> this is not a surprise. I mean, a few podcasts ago, I I mentioned how we really don't talk about how overrated the Raiders' moves are. Like two years ago, all the moves that they made are no longer on their team. And let's not ignore the year that with the number four pick, they took Cleveland Farrell, and they had two first-round picks, and they could have easily gotten him with that later first-round pick. What do they do in the first round this draft? a huge reach of a guy that they could have taken with their next pick or their following pick. And they took him in the first round. I mean, I get the, Hey, if you love him, he's your guy, you take him, but you also have to have a little bit of logic on your side too. Like that is ridiculous of a reach. It feels like that's what Mike Mayock and John Gruden do. They like to reach for players. They love instead of like kind of knowing, like getting a feel for the board of, Hey, this guy probably isn't probably going to fall another round or two to us where we could possibly trade up. And if we really want him, get him and we could take someone else here, but I'm not mad at it. Um, draft was really interesting. Uh, I know you're happy with your pick getting the Heisman trophy winner in Philadelphia. Now I, I, I know you're ecstatic about that. We have Justin Fields going to the Chicago bears trading up for a quarterback. So much for Andy Dalton be the quarterback one that that tweet lasted about a good uh, month and a half, two months. If that. Now, my question is, so they give up. I have to say, Giants side love the compensation they got for it. They get a first round pick next year. They get a fifth, and I believe they got another pick. And next year's draft is probably more valuable because there's probably going to be a combine. There's going to be games played by everyone. Probably won't be as many opt outs, if any, at that. So it was a great move back for the Giants. I don't think they wanted to be in that situation. But on the Bears side, trading up, is this Pace and Nagy's chance of, hey, like, I know we're only, we're on like a one year, we could get the boot here, but we have this guy in the wing. So we're going to ride a year of Andy Dalton, but don't, don't fire us because our franchise quarterback is, is right behind him. Give us, give us another year. Like that has to be it. That they're sitting on a chair. There's a match under their asses burning because they're on the hot seat. Um, we know this. They, they clearly, they don't give a shit about the future because if it doesn't pan out, they're gone anyway. So, who you think Ryan Matt, Ryan Nagy and Matt Pace really get care? No, they they're Switch. just trying to Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy, Nagy Ryan Pace. Nagy. There you go. There My you go. apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Again, they're both on the hot seat. I'm surprised they still have their jobs. I'm surprised they they allowed the two of them to go into this season without a quarterback and take the pick. They traded their first round for next year. Granted, if Justin Fields pans out, it doesn't matter. They'll both keep their jobs, and they're both like legends. But I'm I'm going to guarantee Andy Dalton's probably going to go into the year as a starter. By week four, the Bear fans will be booing him. He'll lose his job, and Justin Fields will start right away. And then we'll see how Justin Fields plays uh, on the field after that. And then not, a, not only Justin Fields, who kept dropping, Mac Jones, who was possibly the third overall pick, he kept falling and falling and falling free falling to the 15th pick but it's funny because he is in the perfect situation now 
You fall into it like again, Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. We know that. But who's in the better situation? It's Mac Jones, and it's not even close. We've talked about this before. We said just because you may be the best quarterback, that doesn't mean you're going to be the most successful because Trevor Lawrence, let's call a spade a spade. The Jaguars have stunk for like 20 years now. Okay, they 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 were a quarter away from the Super Bowl three or four years ago, and that was their only winning season in like the past 10 years. So yes, a franchise quarterback could completely change your franchise, but it, I don't even think this is a hot take. If I have to bet who's going to be more successful, Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones, I'm putting my money on Mac Jones because he's going to the New England Patriots with the greatest coach of all time. Not saying uh, that Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence by any means. I don't even think Mac Jones is better than the three other quarterbacks. I think he's the number five quarterback in this draft, but he went into the number one best scenario and Trey Lance probably went into the number two best scenario with the 49ers. So Mac Jones, yes, you are losing some money. Would have been nice to go number three, but are you really a loser in this year's draft? Did you really lose that much? I don't think so. I think if not getting taken there, you're lucky that the Bears didn't trade up for you and you got stuck in Chicago. You may have fell a few more picks, but you ended up winning in the long run. No, absolutely. And you you know Josh McDaniels and Belichick are going to – granted, Mac Jones doesn't have the greatest arm, so what are they going to do? Think and dunk it, baby. They'll get a good slot receiver, get open. They'll find a replacement for Edelman. You got two stud tight ends there right now. You have um, Aguilar, who's coming off his career year. So, Mac Jones is going to a good situation. Granted, you still have Cam Bam there, who is, I would assume is going to be the starter. You would assume, right? But if Cam is throwing those those balls into the dirt, he's throwing ground balls, again, what, what, do, what do fan bases do? They start calling for the rookie, the hot rookie on the block. So, Mac Jones and his flabby, you know, uh, his flabby boobies, he uh, – he better be ready because he's in a great situation. Now, Trey Lance, on the other hand, great story. Guy goes number three, which really is incredible. Second North Dakota State quarterback to be taken this high. Wentz obviously went two. Lance goes three. Throws one interception in his entire college career. And for him, although going to the Patriots would have been nice, if the Niners don't take him, someone was trading up to get him because he obviously was a hot commodity. He wouldn't, you know, the Bears would have traded up and got him or maybe the Broncos would have taken him. But now I think San Francisco is in a situation where they are going to roll with Jimmy G for, I say another year, but realistically until either he inevitably gets hurt or Trey Lance, they start to get to the point where is it really worth playing Jimmy G over Trey Lance when he can just learn on the field and get his reps and, and take his licks? Is, is he really going to be that much of a downgrade from Jimmy G? I know Shanahan has a, you know, a complicated offense that does take a lot to learn. So ideally you would like for him to sit for an entire year, but this is a great situation for Trey Lance and congratulations to him going number three. In my opinion, I think the 49ers made the right move. Oh, I agree a thousand percent. Like you said, they have Jimmy G still sitting there. You, Jimmy G led you to the Super Bowl, and then you have Trey Lance, who's not ready to start, hasn't played in a year, as a, hasn't played in a full year because the FCS got canceled. So you have Kyle Shannon, make him right, get him more accurate, understand the system, understand the offense, and Trey Lance is probably going to ball in that offense. You've seen what Kyle Shannon can do with a mobile quarterback. He had RG3 throwing all over the league and led them to the playoffs before RG3's leg snapped in half. So... Another great situation. I think it's going to be hard for him to play this year because I think with Jimmy G, the 49ers are a playoff team. And if you're a playoff team, you're probably not going to be playing. So unless the 49ers get off to a really bad start, that's the only way I could see Trey Lance getting any time this year. Um, but I think it's a good move for them. I think it's a very smart move. I like athletic quarterbacks in Shanahan's system, get them on the play-action boot. I'm sure they'll have a lot of RPOs for him, so – Kudos to Trey Lance coming off from a, from an FCS school and become the third overall pick on a, a team that could possibly win a Super Bowl in the next few years. They're a good team, but they're also in a miserably tough division. So having him sit for a year 
isn't the worst case scenario if you're a 49er fan because the Rams look really good, although they've lost a bit on defense. They bring in Matt Stafford. The Seahawks, even on their bad years under Pete Carroll, they're still a wild card team. They're still a tough team to go to and try to win in Seattle. And then the Cardinals are on the come up, although I don't really like Cliff Kingsbury. You have Kyler Murray. They've they've added some pieces on defense through the draft and bringing in J.J. They drafted Watt. my guy, man. They drafted my guy's. Xavier Collins, man, I've been screaming. I've been screaming at them on this on this podcast for months now. Him and Isaiah Simmons are going to ball out on that defense with JJ Watt, man in the middle with Chandler Jones coming back. If they can get a little secondary help, watch out for that Cardinals defense. That's all I'm going to say. And, that, and that's with Buda Baker also being yes, back exactly. there. So, so they they've definitely improved, and they're they're going to be a contender and potential playoff team. So Trey Lance sitting for a year, although. The 49ers, I would consider them a win-now team. They're now at that point, not to compare him to Mahomes and not to compare the 49ers and the Chiefs, but it is similar to where the 49 or the Chiefs were still a contending team and a playoff team with Alex Smith as their starting quarterback. 49ers are still a contending playoff team with Garoppolo at quarterback. Sit the guy for a year. You can still be, you know, you still have a shot. If you don't win, that's all right, because he's going to come in next year, and this is going to be your guy for the next 10, 15 years, you hope. I like the move if, if I'm the 49ers. Now, the real questionable move where the dominoes started to fall, you have Pitts go four, which I would say was expected, especially when Lance got drafted. You knew the Falcons weren't taking Mac Jones. The questionable move to start the domino effect, Jamar Chase at five to the Cincinnati Bengals. They could have gotten Panay Sewell and added that offensive line help, but instead they get Burrow, his guy, his number one target. Do you think the Bengals will live to regret the decision of not taking the franchise left tackle in Sewell and instead taking the potential star receiver in Jamar Chase? I would have drafted a lineman here. Um, I would have. But it, Jamar Chase did not play this past season, guys. All I want to say was, is he was better than Justin Jefferson. He literally was better than Justin Jefferson. And look what Justin Jefferson did this past rookie season. And uh, since we're doing this live, guys, actually, I'm sorry to just go off topic. That is a wrap of round one in the NFL draft. The Bucks just made their last pick. They picked a linebacker from Washington and – that is it tomorrow, round two, round three. Um, we'll get into some key notable players that are still available that some of our teams and other teams uh, could look out for. But back to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was better than Justin Jefferson. He was literally – what Devontae Smith did this year in college is what Jamar Chase was doing that year with Joe Burrow. The Bengals got a superstar. They have plenty of weapons with Joe Burrow. It's just, is that offensive line going to hold up now without taking Sewell? The Lions might be, in my opinion, the luckiest of the top 10 because Sewell falls them. And although they needed a playmaker, they're, they're rebuilding and they're going into this, this year with this new mantra that they are the, the tough, bite your kneecap, bite your toes, you know, cannibalism mindset. They needed a playmaker, but Chase going five and Waddle going six they had to take Sewell. So to piggyback off what you said, I'm a firm believer in building through the through the trenches. If I was Cincinnati, I'm taking Sewell. I know how great Chase can be, but it's not like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are some scrubs out there. Like those are those are suitable wide receivers that can still get the job done. Okay, they might not be at the level of Chase, but it doesn't matter if Joe Burrow is going to be on the ground every single time. And Riley Reefs on a one-year deal. I get Jonah Williams is tied to, to that first-round pick that you you spent on him, so you have equity there. But let's not act like Riley Reef is the, the franchise right tackle going forward. This is a risky pick, in my opinion, for the Bengals, where obviously they still have a high second-round pick, and they could they could still add a lineman, and it is a you know it is a pretty solid class and you're going to get a basically a first round valued guy in the beginning of the second round but i think it's a mistake man i think they should have went Sewell. 
No, I agree. I think I would. I wouldn't want two also. We we've been saying I we we like to build through the line, but let me tell you, it's gonna be fun to watch Lamar Chase and Joe Burrow reconnect, man. Let me tell you that I I'm excited. They're gonna be the most fun, one of the most most fun men teams to play with now, just for that simple fact because you have Joe Burrow and those weapons. Um, the question is, when is, is Joe Burrow gonna be healthy for the start of the season? That's gonna be the question. Well, if you're the Bengals, there's no need to rush him back because the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender. The Browns, who were already close to being in the AFC Championship game last year, have significantly improved their defense. They're a contender. And although I think the Steelers are regressing, I don't think the Bengals are at the Steelers spot yet. So the Bengals aren't winning this year. This is this is a year that you just – this is a progress year. This is a year where you, you hope to get seven or eight wins. So there's no need to rush Joe Burrow back when you're looking at is three or four weeks in the beginning of this season more important than the next 10 to 15 years of your franchise quarterback? Absolutely not. So if he's not ready, even if he's not ready for the entire year, I'm not rushing him back. No, I you, listen, you know I'm with you 110% on that, especially when you saw him get obliterated every week last year. Every week, Joe Burrow was getting absolutely uh, obliterated. Um but some other noticeable picks here. I know we, we were just talking about Jamar Chase. Jalen Waltz, the Dolphins, we knew they were going receiver, well, whether it was Chase or Waddle. But you got Tua back now with Waddle. Um, let's see. This this is Tua's time now. Is Tua going to be able to step up and become that franchise quarterback? There were a lot of rumblings that they might go quarterback way early on. But you have Jalen Waddle on, someone you're comfortable with. It's just funny now all these teams trying to pair up their quarterback with the receiver they're familiar with. Jamar Chase is back with Joe Burrow. Two is back with Jalen Waddle. Trevor Lawrence now is Travis Etienne. It's a running back, but still a running back that Trevor Lawrence just literally played with. Um, and Jalen Hurts is with Devonta Smith. And Jalen Hurts back with Javon, Devonta Smith. I didn't even think, yes, you're absolutely right. Person that caught the game-winning touchdown when uh, Alabama won the national championship against uh, Georgia from Tua. Um, but from the local team, how about the Jets getting Zach Wilson, which we knew. But the Jets also trading back up to get Elijah Vera Tucker, which I think is a great move. Your granted, your your left side of your line, if he plays left guard, is a little young with Mikai Beckton and him. But you're clearly building the foundation. Like th- that's the move you need to make. You have Zach Wilson. You have a rookie quarterback coming in. You need to build around him and not have him get killed. Or you can grab a receiver late and hopefully it pans out. Um, this is the right move for the Jets. I love that move, trading back in and getting Vera Tucker. He fell to 14. Hell, Slater fell to 13. So they probably almost could have had Slater. But getting Vera Tucker, I think, is a great move for the Jets. They gave up a a little much, two third-round picks to to move up. But in my opinion, completely worth it. Because look at what the last regime did in New York. They failed to properly build around Sam Darnold. Joe Douglas, and look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and chew your ear off about how much I love Joe Douglas because I've done it plenty of times. But last year, he gets his potential franchise left tackle. He gets what he thinks is the franchise quarterback. And his first pick after that is a piece to help him. I know they need help at corner and they're going to need a receiver, but they can get a receiver. They can get a corner. These are deep classes at those two positions. And the Jets have a high second round pick. So it's not like they're, they... they're literally, I believe they're the second pick in the second round. So yeah, again, so there's you're... plenty of, uh, of corners there. Asante Samuel, Asante Samuel Jr. is still there. Um, it's a kid from Georgia, Tyson Campbell. You saw some good safeties out there. So you, you or, can still get yeah. someone that's, that can help this team very soon. Or the wide receiver position. Um, I believe Rondell Moore is still out. I don't. I don't think anyone drafted yeah, Rond- him. Rondell, like, the receiver, you got plenty. You got Rondell Moore still there. Terrence Marshall still there. Terrence Marshall, Tutu Atel, Atwell from uh, Louisville still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, got you. You you can get a good receiver uh, in the next two uh, next day or two, um, especially after you draft one last year. And I don't think anyone took uh, Elijah Moore. Which is another no, quality no, receiver still that's available. A, that's another receiver still available. So, if from the Jets' perspective, okay, you could go cornerback because it is a need. But if you are focusing on your young quarterback, 
You got him help on the offensive line. And yes, they're going to need another piece or two on the O-line, but his blind spot you would deem is protected right now. And then you can go get him another weapon to pair with Denzel Mims. And now you have something actually, actually working and putting the right pieces together for Zach Wilson. So compared to the last regime, they've already done more for Zach Wilson with one pick or technically two picks because the Becton pick last year and potentially what receiver they get. They've already done more for Wilson than the last regime did for Darnold because Darnold did not get help. He did not get the proper help. We still don't know what Sam Darnold is because we never saw him with an actual offense around him because of what the Jets put around him. No, you're a thousand percent right. Joe Douglas, uh, Joe Douglas gets a great A from me from uh, from what he's doing right now, what, how he's trying to build the Jets. He didn't go crazy spending crazy money on anyone this past year. Free agency wasn't that hot this year, so he didn't waste all that money just to just to say he wasted it. You know, gets gets the quarterback that he wanted the GM gets a damn good guard to pair up next to Tucker, and. They did also sign Corey Davis, a wide receiver, who I don't yeah. love, but it's still a weapon for their franchise quarterback. That's more than what they've had in the last few years that they had for Darnold. And and Corey Davis coming off his best year, his best best year. So maybe he could follow up with that. Um, but the Jets, I like what I like what the Jets are doing. Granted, it's the Jets. Who knows what uh what is going to happen? The Chargers getting Rashawn Slater, falling to him at thirteen. Uh, before we go into the our mock draft, ladies and gentlemen, was so goddamn poor. It, if, if the sound, I, I don't know if the sound drop's working right now, but if I could just give us a boo, I would give it to us because Christ Almighty, our mock drafts was shit, especially on my side. All I think all I got one right was pick one. I was with two of my best friends, and one of them was ripping me, calling me an idiot the whole night because of how bad my mock draft was. Christ, I'm listen, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. I apologize. Hey, I got a shoulder blame too. I apologize too. Yeah, it it, it, it 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 was not good, ladies. That's that's all I'm gonna say. It just uh, you can go back and look at. It. You can keep listening. You could go listen to that video and just see where we uh, where we mocked half these players. Um, I had Justin Fields going three. He went eleven. Uh, I had Jamal. I had Jam- Jalen Waddle. I had Jam- what Jalen Waddle going to the Giants. Just not a uh, – I had Trey Lance going to the Broncos. Guys, listen, don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. It just wasn't good. It just wasn't too. good. That was a team effort, and and we failed. But, hey. Lance and Rance, Lance and Rance <laughs> podcast, first ever mock draft, completely in the shitter. That's all we're going to say. Um, how about the Cowboys getting Micah Parsons? Uh, they traded, obviously, back with your team. The Eagles jumped the Giants because, obviously, the Giants were – Dying to get Smith from Alabama, um, I couldn't believe it. Well, I once I saw that, that there's a trade in, I kind of had a feeling it was either be like the Bears, but I said there's really no team that they need to jump at that second to get that quarterback, or it's gonna be. I had a feeling it might be the Eagles to get Smith, and lo and behold, the Eagles jumped the cow. The Eagles jumped the Giants to get Devontae Smith. Picks eight through fourteen, I think, were the. That was the most exciting or maybe even seven, but that was the most exciting part of the draft where there was, there was trades, there was movement, there was drops. There was, that's where, where things really got going in in the first round. When I saw that the Eagles were all of a sudden on the clock, I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't shocked because obviously trading with the Cowboys is a bit of a surprise. But they have traded with the Cowboys multiple times on draft day. They did it, I believe, last year. To this magnitude, no. So it is a huge pick. But this was kind of a a best of both worlds for both teams, if you look at it in hindsight. The Eagles jump the Giants. They get their guy that they want at wide receiver. The Cowboys collect an extra third-round pick and still get the guy they were going to take at 10 anyway once the Broncos took Sertan. And it made the Giants retreat and second guess and end up trading back because the Giants most likely aren't trading back if Smith's on the board. So the Eagles and Cowboys almost kind of said, hey, you scratch my back, I scratch your back, and we both screw over the Giants. How does that sound? Howie Roseman and Jeff and uh, 
Jerry, good old Jerry, they shook hands on it and they said, Hey, fuck the giants. Sounds good. That, that's pretty much what it is. Um, but again, I think, I think everything worked out for all of them, honestly. Like, it, it, like okay, if Giants were dying to get Smith, clearly they really wanted Smith. Eagles jump up and get them. You trade back, you get an extra one next year now. And who knows how good the Bears are really going to be next year. That you might have a top 12 pick next year with, the whatever, with whatever pick you have. So And then you get uh, Tony from Florida, who's a speedster. So it, it, if you're a Giant fan, you can't sit there and be mad. Um, clearly, granted, yeah, sure, you would have liked Rashawn Slater or you could have got Michael Parsons, but to grab an extra one and get a speed threat receiver that is going to help your team probably instantly in every aspect of the game, you can't be mad at that. And on the Eagles aspect, it's the receiver you need. You need you need a big play receiver who can do everything. Uh, you hope Jalen Rager picks it up this year, this upcoming year. Um, Jalen Hurts is obviously comfortable with him. I'm sure Jalen Hurts is doing uh, a little dance move that getting his uh, old teammate back. So I think it worked out for all of them. Now the Cowboys linebacking core is even nastier uh, with Sean Lee. Um, Sean Lee just retired. Uh, Vander S. You have Smith. You have Jalen uh, Smith, right? Yeah. Jalen Smith and now Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons is a pass rusher also. So granted, the Cowboys back end isn't very good. But that front seven is going to be pretty lethal, I think, in this upcoming year. If Michael Parsons' uh, off-the-field issues don't come up and don't rehash, I think Michael Parsons can be, is going to be a superstar in this league. And not to beat a dead horse, but this is a, dre- a deep cornerback in class. So the Cowboys can get a potential starting cornerback with their first pick in the second round. That's not going to be some scrub and some liability on defense. They're going to get a solid playmaker at the cornerback in position. But it didn't feel like this going into the draft, but it clearly showed. We we kept saying like, oh, picks three, four, and five are like the real turn of the draft. Like picks three, four, and five are, are like the decider on how this how this draft goes. Okay, pick three was a huge decider on how the rest of the draft played out. But really, the Broncos at pick nine were the real decider on how things were going to go because there was a potential of do they take a quarterback? Do they deal this pick to the Packers in a, in a package for Aaron Rodgers? Do they trade back with a team that's looking to get a quarterback? Or what ends up happening, do they go cornerback and the three teams that are after them that could potentially also go cornerback all of a sudden are like, uh-oh, we got to kind of change our plans. So the Broncos pick that could have gone four to five different ways ended up being a real pivot point in this year's draft. And going into this draft, that's not what I expected at all. So shouts to your Broncos for definitely making things more interesting. No, absolutely. I wonder if the Panthers would have went Sertan instead of Horn, if the Broncos would have maybe traded back or did did something different. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. Uh, But you're right. The Broncos were literally that team. Panthers also had a little bit in there because there were so many rumors of them maybe going quarterback which I didn't think they were, but the, and again, this, the Broncos quarterback room, am I happy with it? No. Am I happy with that defense? You're goddamn right. I am. That secondary is looking very stellar. And I love that Sertan doesn't have to come in and be that. Hey, number one guy, like, like Okuda last year, Okuda had to go to Detroit and literally be the number one guy. And that's all, that's a tough burden for a young, young cornerback to come and deal with when you're facing these star receivers and star quarterbacks, and especially in a, offensive league so I'm happy with Patrick Sertan I mean he was linked to us for months ago and I always thought he was gonna be the pick uh man I love the I, I see people complaining granted yeah Justin Fields is still there but I've loved to get Justin Fields absolutely but let's 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 hopefully look on the brighter side that maybe just maybe there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers can become a Bronco and there's also a bunch of other quarterbacks that people have like these experts have loved Kid from Stanford still there. Kelly Mond still there. So it still doesn't mean we're out of the quarterback market yet. Um, granted, again, like I'm saying for the hundredth time, we all hope that Aaron Rodgers is there. But I'm happy we got we got to me in my opinion we got the best cornerback in this draft. I agree. I, I think Sertan is the best corner in the draft. And look at the end of the day, what we saw in last year's Super Bowl 
is that age-old saying, offense wins games, defense wins championships. And Denver's defense, look, George Payton wanted to fix up that secondary that fell off. You know, Denver is known, especially in our lifetime, for having a very good defense. And George Payton wanted to fix that. And what did George Payton do? He has revamped that secondary. He's, Von Miller is back for another year. Denver's defense is something to mess with. But a division rival to the Denver Broncos is a team that I think really lucked out in the draft. And that's the Los Angeles Chargers. Because of all of the movement that happened in front of them and the Panthers going J.C. Horn, that allowed Rashawn Slater to just slowly slide down the board right to them at pick 13. There was rumors that they would try to trade up and get Sewell and pair Herbert back with Sewell. Look, it would have taken a lot for them to get from 13 to pick six to get Sewell. You know, you're talking well over a first-round pick to make that jump on draft day. They stay put, and they still get a starting left tackle for the future to protect their guy. So I got to give props to them for sticking put and just being lucky. God damn, I hate the Chargers, man. God damn it. You know what it is about Sewell? Not Sewell, um, Slater. He just looks like a kid. Not to me. He kind of looks like a dork, right? He has like that geeky look, right? <laughs> He just looks like a kid that just loves football and will just study the game and just be the best player he can be. He's going to be an absolute superstar. That's what, that's just the vibe that I get off a of slate. He just sits here. I just love football. That's, that's all I get from him. And I know he's going to be mauling kids, mauling kids, mauling these guys out in the field. The Chargers revamped that whole offensive line. You have three new starting offensive linemen this year for them, which is crazy. You have Brian Bulaga still there. Um, they're going to protect Justin Herbert. You have to do what you have to do. They're, they're building it the right way. You're building it the right way with going through the offensive line, protect your quarterback. Again, you still have one of the best receivers in football, Keenan Allen. Granted, you did lose Hunter Henry. You really don't have a true number two right now. But, the, the, again, like we said, there's still receivers out that they can get. They can still upgrade those skill positions. I think that I look for the Chargers to maybe go corner in the second round, second or third round here. Uh, they definitely could use it. Casey Hayward's not there anymore. They have Chris Harris there. Um, but no, the Chargers getting lucking into Slater at 13 was a hell of a pick for them. I, I really like that they stayed put, and sometimes it's just better to be lucky than good. One thing that happened in this draft that is very interesting that I don't know the last time this has happened. We said going into this draft that the edge rushers were not a hot commodity this year, and it showed. I believe the first one went at 18, Jalen Phillips, to Miami, stays in Miami, so not a, not a long travel for him, but a solid pick for Miami, but a weird year for defensive ends, a position that's normally so valued and gets picked in the top five, in the top 10, multiple picks. First one doesn't come till 18, which we expected to be the case because the class isn't that great, but it's still weird to actually see it happen and not see people jump on defensive ends. It, what's crazy is the per, everyone, the, the person, the player that all everyone kept saying they think is their number one uh, pass rusher, Hoodie Pay. I think he fell into the best situation. You go to Indianapolis, they have a good defense. They were very good last year. Some damn good young players on there. If, if he's the best pass rusher in this draft, I think he went to the perfect situation. You have Buckner still there. He could become a damn good player on that defense. So I think Quiddy Payne should be doing dance moves. Another guy should be doing dance moves because he fell into a team that's ready to win now, and they're probably not going to be asking for him to do a whole lot. They're probably going to let him develop and become a damn good player from Michigan. Um, Caleb Farley went right after him too. I know we're not talking to D-Lineman, but – Caleb Farley, who was supposed to arguably be maybe the best cornerback in the draft, with Sertan and Horn, thought of twenty-two. I'm I'm glad I got to see, I'm glad he got drafted in the first round because I was scared he might have fell out. Uh, and it sucks too. He tested positive and couldn't be with anyone. He's literally in a room by himself. That's got to suck. But it's times we live in. But I'm happy for Caleb Farley to see him uh, see him get drafted in the first round. Picks twenty through twenty-five. I could 
go on tangents about each and every single one of these picks because I think there's great talking points on every single one of them. We already talked about uh, Kadari Sony and his situation. I completely agree with the Quiddy Pay scenario. He he landed in the perfect spot, and there was a rumor that Philadelphia loved him. And let's call a spade a spade. If Quiddy Pay goes to Philadelphia, he probably doesn't have a successful career because this is a rebuilding team that is nowhere near winning. And he, even though he's potentially the best defensive end in the class, no one's raving about him. So he goes to a better defense, a better scenario, a playoff team. So he, he lucks out Caleb Farley, another playoff team, but this is a, this is the, the gamble. Can he stay healthy? Is he healthy? And he fell all the way to 22. If he's healthy, what happened with the Broncos is completely irrelevant because he's sliding all the way up to the top and Dallas probably takes Dallas probably ends up taking Horn or Sertan because Farley goes before one of those two and it changes everything. But him not being healthy, he drops at least 10 picks. Now, before we get to pick 24 and 25, because I know we both have strong opinions on what happened with those two picks, I do want to give a shout, although I don't like this team, the Vikings trading back, getting some solid draft capital, and getting a guy that a lot of mocks had them taking at their original spot. So props to the Vikings taking Christian Darasaw, their new starting left tackle, 10 picks back or whatever it was from where they originally were. So that's another example of sometimes it's just better to be lucky than good or just playing chess, not checkers. They move back. They still get the guy they were probably going to take or one of the guys they were going to take. And they add more draft capital. So kudos to them. But Pat, 24 and 25. Let's get into it. I listen, we know the Steelers needed a running back badly. We get that. I listen, we, we we've been again, if you listen to this podcast consistently, we've always said the Steelers need to get a running back. We know that. But again, what is rule number one on the slant and ramp podcast? You don't draft the running back in the first round. There is a no need, especially where there's a there, there's some people that you could have got. There's some players you could have got later. Granted, Najee Harris is a goddamn stud. He's All-American. He's literally a fantastic football player. But again, the Steelers have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of bigger needs and bigger holes than their running back. And you take him at 24. I'm surprised Steelers didn't try. I know the Steelers don't have a lot of capital. They don't have a lot of capital. They don't have a lot of anything. But there has to be – maybe that's how their board fell. Fell. There's other piece, other ways the Steelers could have went, and you went up with a running back. I don't like it. And then let me get to Jacksonville. We know why they took him. They took Travis Etienne, another fantastic running back in college. They took him because he want a partner. Get Trevor. Get Trevor Lawrence, another partner, and be friends. You know, we get him, get him comfortable. We want to make him comfortable. You had literally the second or third best rusher in the NFL last year. And Robinson and James Robinson, and now you take Travis Etienne. There goes all, all you James Robinson fans. Just take out your take him off for fa- don't even draft him this year for fantasy. He, he's and not. they and they signed Carlos Hyde too, who's gonna get carries. And, and exactly, you sign a veteran like Carlos Hyde who's gonna get carries. Just just release James Robinson and let him go somewhere else because all his fantasy owners and people that are dying to draft him again literally just had the worst day possible when they saw him get drafted here again. Do the Jaguars have a bunch of other needs? A bunch of other needs, and you take a running back just to make granted Trevor Lawrence is the future, he is your face of the franchise. But I, I know you want to make him happy and comfortable, but Travis Etienne to me just isn't the pick. I don't understand these running backs going in the first round every time. I'm sorry for banging on the table again. It's all good. I, if I'm a Steeler fan, I've seen a lot of Steeler fans like. So pumped about this Najee Harris pick. And I get it. You know, when you pick a flashy player who was a stud in college, it's exciting. Like you, you know, you're thinking of Najee Harris breaking one for 70 yards, catching a screen pass. Cause we know the Steelers run 9,000 screen passes a game. Cause big Ben can't throw over 20 yards, catching a screen pass and, and taking it to the house. It all seems great. But for those that aren't living in fantasy land 
and realize the Steelers have significant needs and, in my opinion, have been lapped by the Ravens and the Browns this offseason as a contender for next year, taking a running back makes zero sense to me at all. I don't care what, what your logic is behind it. I don't care if they had zero needs. Taking a running back in the first round makes no sense to me whatsoever. Then on top of it, right before the draft, they announced they're, they're extending Mason Rudolph another year. In a, in a time where you could give up capital and trade up and get a potential replacement for Big Ben, you, you extend Mason Rudolph and extend this BS that the guy is not going to be your franchise quarterback after Big Ben. Give it up. Dwayne Haskins probably isn't going to work out. So now you're stuck at a wall. You take Najee Harris. Does he really put you over the edge? Do like I I don't think of the Steelers any different than I did 24 hours ago from where they sit as an AFC contender. And off the top of my head, there's probably seven or eight teams that I think are better than them. And that's just off the top of my head. That's with or without Najee Harris. I listen, you know, I agree with you a thousand percent. My old line's abysmal right now. Old line's in a hot mess. Your secondary isn't what it was this past year after you lost some of your key secondary pieces. Uh, There's just so many other places the Steelers could have went here. I I personally don't get it. Like you said, as of right now, you're probably the third best team in your division. And if there's a healthy Joe Burrow, you you might be fighting for last. You, You might be in last. With a healthy Joe Burrow, and if they can make some good, a couple more good moves in free agency and um, in the draft, and the Steelers really aren't that good of a team. Granted, Big Ben might be able to keep you in some games, might, but oh wow, okay. So you're, gonna, so you're not going to throw the ball 45 times. I'm going to give Najee Harris the ball behind a C, C about a C minus line. I, again, like th- like Chris said, this move doesn't make me think of the Steelers any different. Any different at all to me, it's just oh, you have Najee Harris, who was a damn good Alabama running back, and is going to a Steelers team that need, doesn't have the future quarterback, doesn't have a good offensive line. Resign Juju, Juju Smith Schuster for a year when probably really didn't need to resign Mason Rudolph. The Steelers are in cap hell, also, ladies and gentlemen. Chris, before you before we go get off the Steelers, I have this, I've been saving this picture. When we did our last pot, I saw it. So, highest paid Steelers cap by cap hit: Ben Roethlisberger, twenty five point nine million; Joe Hayden, fifteen point six million; Stefan Tuitt, fourteen point nine million; David DeCastro, fourteen point three million; T.J. Watt, ten point one million. Which honestly, that's probably your best deal. That's a fine deal. You'll 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 live with that deal. That's a great deal. T.J. Watt only being ten point one, and then the Eric Ebron, eight point five million. None of those players besides CJ Watt are really all pro anymore. Uh, they're Joe Hayden's a serviceable cornerback. You know what I mean? Like he, exactly. He's not he, he's not top tier cornerback. And he's taking that much cap room. Again, the, we, we've talked about the Steelers so much in this podcast. To me, the Steelers are just they're trending real down. They're they're trending to hell. You know where they're going then. Which pick do you think is worse? And I'll lay out the scenario for you. The Steelers taking Najee Harris where they are a potential contender. They are a team that was a playoff team last year and a division winner last year. Is that a worse pick? Or is it the Jaguars taking Travis Etienne where they have so many needs? And although it does add a weapon for Trevor Lawrence, it wasn't a necessary pick with what they already had at the position when you are trying to build this team basically from the ground up with your new franchise quarterback. It's two completely different scenarios for taking the running back, and I think both are wrong in doing so. But which one would you say, if you had to cut slack to one and put more blame on the other, which one would you say? So... I walked back into the hotel room and I saw the Travis Etienne highlights. And I was like, oh man, the Jaguars are on the clock. So they picked Travis Etienne. I, I got to go to the draft Travis Etienne one. You had James Robinson there who balled out for you last year. It's again, it's you need, there's other positions on this team that you need to fill before you take a running, like a running back where you have one already and you sign Carlos Hyde. Is Carlos Hyde the best running back? No, but he's, he'll be a good backup to James Robinson. 
Travis, this again, this Travis Etienne move doesn't really make them any better, in my opinion, than they were already. You you need to get that defense. That defense was atrocious last year. Defense is atrocious. I know they I know they signed some people. They signed Griffin for at, at cornerback. They they they've made some moves, but they're still not. Running back should be the last on your list of priorities that this team needed. And their moves, like, yeah, Griffin's a great signing, but it's only a three-year deal. Like, it's it's not like he's there for five to seven years. You know, it's realistically, I get the the division right now, the Texans are trending downward and the Colts and Titans are trending upward. Then you have the Jaguars. But realistically, you're you're probably not a contender in, in two years. So some of those short-term moves that you made are exactly that. They're short-term my mind, you have the first pick in the second round and then you have a, a top pick in the third round, obviously. You go, you take Lawrence with the first pick and then I know you want to add pieces around him. You either go line in the defense or you go defense defense because those are two prime picks and they were still very good and there still is very good defensive players on the board. ETN just doesn't move the needle for me. It's it's not it's not the oh my god you have Lawrence and now you have ETN what the dynamic duo blah blah no that does nothing for me to cut a little bit of slack to the Steelers. I mean they really needed a running back to be fair they they lost James Conner to free agency they weren't bringing him back they had like Benny Snell on the roster and that's pretty much it they didn't need a running back I'm not saying they needed him in the first round but there was at least a need at the position. The Jaguars had a starting running back who was in the top five for rushing yards last year and a very suitable back uh, backup. There was no genuine need at running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm with you. I, I cut a little slack to the Steelers and put more on the Jaguars in the, why are you taking a running back with your first pick? No, nah, it, it absolutely makes no sense to me. Um, later in the draft, guys, while we were recording, the Ravens took Rashad Bateman. Hopefully, this is a good receiver that can finally help Lamar Jackson out on the outside. He's a big receiver. He was very good. He didn't play this past year. Um, two years ago, he was fantastic for Minnesota. Uh, the Browns get a, a good cornerback from the Big Ten and Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Um, honestly, any any cornerback they would say I think is in a good situation. The Browns are trending in the right direction. They clearly are finding the right talent and are doing the right thing. That defense should be really nasty this year. Uh, especially with their first round pick or second round pick, I think was last year. Grant Delpit coming back at safety, so they that that defense is going to be real, real nasty. They have Delpit coming back. They signed Johnson. They signed another cornerback that's slipping uh, my mind right now. They signed Clowney, who I'm not crazy about, but it's still an edge rusher. And they already had um, Denzel Ward at corner, who has at first seemed like he might not be all that, but has proven to be a very good corner in this league. So in a division where you now have to face Joe Burrow when he's healthy, you have to face Lamar, who's very good. And okay, I think the Steelers offense is pretty pedestrian, but in a conference where there's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar already, that defense adding Greg Newsom on top of it is looking like it can potentially be a shutdown defense that lets the Browns run heavy offense control the game and keep the defense off the field. And when the defense is on the field, it's three and out and the offense comes right back to run the ball down your throat. Really like what the Browns have done this off season because it, Barry is a homie. The, uh, the, the cornerback you're thinking about is Troy Hill. They signed Troy Hill. So they signed two people Troy, from, yeah. they took two people from the Rams um, that were pretty big for that secondary um, before we go and we start wrapping up here, I'm going to ask you what, what move, not who got like granted, we know Jamar chasing the ball out, isn't a ball out regardless, whatever situation he's in, but what team got the best, what, who had the best pick in this draft in the first round of this draft? Do you think the best pick, honestly, there's a couple. So, so that... best pick is in like value and like when they got them and what it means for that team going forward. Off the top of my head two come to mind. Um, and it's two teams that stayed, but I love the lions getting Panay Sewell, not moving at seven, getting the best left tackle 
in the draft and getting a guy that fits their new culture that they're building. I say that with sarcasm, but this is a potential stud left tackle where they already have Swift at running back. They had Jared, they have Jared Goff, who's going to need time because we know he's, he's not the best when he's under pressure. And then uh, another team or two other teams I'll give credit to the Cowboys moving back and still getting Parsons, who I think is a great player, possibly the best defensive player in the draft. And then back to, back to a hog Molly, Rashawn Slater, Chargers staying put and getting their franchise left tackle. I'm a believer in, you know, you build from the ground up, you go from your line and build up and the lions and chargers both did that getting franchise left tackles in this draft. So to not pick the obvious of, Oh, Trevor Lawrence going number one to the Jaguars. Those are the teams I give shouts to. I think Slater is probably the best, the best pick like value wise and just what he's going to mean for that team. That and another one, I love that Vera Tucker pick by the Jets, man. I just love it. You're, you're getting your quarterback, like we said before, like I said before, you're getting him another stud offensive lineman that should be able to plug right in, plug and play at guard next to Makai Becton. Um, I love that pick. So I think Slater and Tucker, back to back picks, pick 13 and 14, to me, were the two best picks value wise for, uh, for those two teams. Go ahead, what do you got? It is the, the end of round one. And there has been some questionable moves. And some of those questionable moves, like taking two running backs in the first round, has led to quality talent being left for this top half of the second round. Guys like JOK from Notre Dame, Javante Williams from North Carolina, Elijah Moore from Mississippi, uh, Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. I mean, there is quality that's going to go in the second round. And I'm talking first round talent that's going to be day one starters taken in the second round. So Pat, who do you think uh, looking at it early, one of those early picks, you know, a team like the Jaguars or the jets who are going to get another great starter. Who are you looking out for in this second round early? Who's what team's going to get lucky with one of these studs that fell to the second round? I think you said it already. J-O-K from Notre Dame. I don't know how he fell the first round. He was projected to go, like, top 15. Uh, I think Javante Williams is a, super, is a stud running back. Uh, Trevon Morag from TCU It's another one I'm looking for. And nice big uh, D lineman that a lot of people thought the Giants were going to take, Christian Bearmore uh, from Alabama. Uh, that's another one. And Asante Samuel Jr., I think, is another stud. And it's another, with all my friends, who do you want the Giants taking next round, everyone? Who do we want? I got a middle finger and I got three more middle fingers. That's, that's good friendship right there. Well, tell those giant fans can't wait for Devonta Smith to run all over you. Suck these nuts, boy. And I got a tears ACL in the priests. Another one said, go fuck yourself. See that, that that's, this is what brings slants and rants together. Ladies and gentlemen, North Jersey and South Jersey coming together. Uh, Eagles. And we all, from all of us in here, we say it's Taylor Ham, baby. It is Pork always roll. Taylor Ham, but Pork Roll, baby. <laughs> Yo, it's not a hoagie. It is a sub. Uh, I don't call it a hoagie. Okay, thank fucking God. You call it a Jimmy? A what? The sprinkles, sprinkles. You know, some people down south call it Jimmy's. Sprinkles. No, no, no. That's that's like real south. Uh, that's that's, that's like not real, my area. Like no, south of Jersey. All yeah. right, well. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm quick on tangent here, but that was fun. Uh, but no, yes, those are the people. And Jabril Cox and Terrence Marshall Jr. are uh, some other players uh, I am looking looking forward to. Um, but yeah, that's who I, that's who I got, man. Uh, but Oh, and how about Rondell Moore? Rondell Moore is a stud. Another name too, Richie Grant, UCF safety. He can ball his ass off. Um, before we go, wrap up, I just want to shout out to all my friends, all Chris's friends that share our stuff. And listen, our consistent listeners. We almost had a thousand views, thousand listens already in just two months. Uh, thank you all. We love you all. Go Broncos. Aaron Rodgers, Broncos 2021. I'm pushing the campaign for it. Devonta Smith, future rookie of the year. Love you all. And here we go. Here we go. You've been listening to Slants and Rants with CTD and Vega. Right. 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 Right.
please leave a like, rate, and review. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Slants Rants Pod. Until next time, don't forget to shake them.